Hello and welcome again to another Tap Talks HR podcast. Today our podcast is going global and I'm talking to Deanna Singh from Wisconsin in the US. Hi Deanna, welcome to the podcast. Hello, so lovely to be here with you today. Great and so Deanna, I know you wear many hats in your life and today we are going to be talking around making a positive impact in the form of purposeful hustle. So to begin, what do you mean by purposeful hustle and why did you write a book about it? Thank you so much for asking me that question. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. So the idea of purposeful hustle is really like purposes, you know, why do you do things? Why, why is it that you are showing up in the world? And then the hustle part of it is how and how are you showing up in the world? So it's the why and the how. And the reason why I wrote this book is because I think that it is extraordinarily important for every single person to spend some time thinking about what they are uniquely positioned to do here in the world. That's the way that I define purpose. So what are you uniquely positioned to do here in the world? And the hustle part of it, the reason why I use the word hustle when I you know, decided to write this book is because I do think that all of us have some kind of hustle, right? All of us are making our days work in, in, in a certain kind of way. And why not align those things together? Why not align the thing that you are uniquely positioned to do in the world with the way that you show up and the things that you do during your day? Now, the reason why I wrote this book, it's kind of a, a funny story, but um, I actually, for years and years and years and years, I had all these people who would reach out to me and they would say, Deanna, can we go for lunch? Uh, can we go for dinner? Can, can I take you out for coffee? And I love meeting with people. I love meeting new people. I love talking to them. I love chatting and learning about what they're dreaming about. And so I would always say, yes, yes, of course, of course, let's make it happen. And one day my assistant came into my office and she said, uh, Deanna, you know what? We just cannot figure out how to make your calendar work. You have got to stop saying yes to everybody who's making these requests. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's unacceptable, right? I, I couldn't have made any of the things that I've been able to make possible in my life happen without people saying yes to me. So no, I'm not going to say no. So I said, I have another idea. Why don't you go ahead and put in my calendar, you know, three, four times a week when I'm commuting to and from work, I'll, I'll take phone calls and I'll just, you know, talk to people then and, and it'll be great. That'll be the way that we manage because I'll be sitting in my car and it'll be a nice way to, you know, still, still say yes. So she did this. And then a couple of weeks later, she came back and she said, Deanna, remember that brilliant idea? Cause I had the nerve to call it a brilliant idea when I told her, <laughs> she said, remember that brilliant idea that you have? Well, it turns out that I'm booking you six, seven, eight months in advance. And I was like, really? So then I think I, you know, that was the moment when I realized like, this is highly inefficient. Also, between you and all of your uh, listeners, turns out I'm not a great driver. So it wasn't <laughs> great for people on the road for me to be having these deep conversations, you know, about people's life goals and, and what their purpose was. And so I thought, okay, how can I be more efficient and more safe? Um, maybe I should put this all in a book. Quite frankly, I've also made a ton of mistakes. And I think the other thing that would be really frustrating is I have a conversation with somebody for like a half hour, an hour or something. And be like, wow, I didn't even get to scrape the surface of the things that I've done wrong, right? So it was also a way to say like, here are all the things that, that I've learned and, and through my experiences, and here's some suggestions on things that you could do and some things you should avoid because I've already made those mistakes. Let's, let's make new mistakes together. So, so did you think that the book was, was more about um, 
your experience of life translated or did you realize that the purposeful hustle was a thing that actually was lacking in other people and, and was causing them to be not as happy in their life as, as what you were thinking what, what was it was it you that your experiences that made that because in the book I know it's great and, and you talk for about how you went to college and, and the impact that had and everything like that so so was it you others you know, I think it was because I kept getting asked the same question. So I was going on all these things for all, you know, over, over a decade, all these different meetings. And when I really sat down and thought about it, I realized it didn't matter how old people were. It didn't matter what sector they were in. It didn't matter what their titles were. Everybody was kind of wrestling with the same question of how can I make a difference in the world? What, what could I do that would leave a positive impact? And I think the reason why they were coming to me, so it's kind of a both question, right? I would answer it as a and question, right? because the reason why they were coming to me is because I've had the great fortune in my own life to be able to answer that question. I, I've lived at that space where, where purpose and hustle meet. And so for me, that was a very natural space to talk about. And I think it's the reason why people sought me out because they're like, wait, you're doing this. And you didn't just do it one time, but you've done it over and over again. And I had to, you know, come up with some systems in order to make that part of my of my practice. So I think that it was probably the fact that through lots of trial and error, I had established some tools that, you know, gave me the credibility to be able to talk to people and then being able to see people actually take the, the tools and then use them and then mentor other people with them. And you start to see that ripple effect. And that to me was the most exciting thing about the book is not only can I be able to handle, you know, all the people who are reaching out and I can say yes more, but also they can say yes more. They can, you know, really live in their purpose and also help other people uh, live in theirs. So one of my favorite things is I will get, you know, somebody will, will send me a picture of them reading the book and it's got earmarks in it. And they say, I got this from my cousin who got it from her uh, sister, who got it from her professor. And you can trace these right books as they've passed different hands and how people have interpreted it and what they've done. Oh, that is like my favorite. Those are my favorite moments. And, and that, that kind of ties in a bit with um, your purpose, which, which I think is around giving power to those who are marginalized, I think, um, if I remember right. So, so yes. is that your drive? Is, is your purpose is actually to help others achieve who might struggle to achieve because of the wall of water against them kind of thing in life? Yes, absolutely. I love watching other people thrive. Love it. I feel like there's no better thing you can do in the world than to be, you know, a little part of somebody else's story to get to help them figure out what they can do. Honestly, my theory of change, right? Like my purpose is to shift power to marginalized communities. The reason why that's so impactful and it's so motivating and it gets me so excited every day that I wake up is because I ultimately believe that all of the challenges that we have in the world literally all the things, I don't care how big they are, I don't care how complex they are, I don't care how hard they are, how entrenched they are, but all of the challenges that we have in the world, I think that we already have all of the resources we need to solve for them. I think the biggest issue that we're missing is leadership. I think the biggest thing that we're missing is people saying, you know what, I'm going to dedicate my time and talents towards solving for this issue. And when I, you know, kind of peel that back with people who I'm like, you're brilliant. Why aren't you bringing your brilliance to this area? When I peel that back, just a couple of questions, you realize that they have some things that are holding them back and they're not things that are insurmountable, right? They're, they're, they're afraid. Uh, you know, they don't want to step outside of their comfort zone. They, um, 
don't know what the pathway looks like. They feel like they have to have the perfect plan. You know, they're waiting for for when they when they get older. They're waiting for when they retire. They're waiting for when their kids retire, right? Like there's always something that's again not insurmountable. And so if we have all the solutions, then what what do we need to do? We need to unleash people's power. And that's that's why I'm so excited about it. And I think it's an interesting time at the moment, isn't it? I, I think of everything, there seems to be a, a rising surge of people wanting to get some equality back into the world with various challenges and everything. But I think, I mean, we're recording this right at the end of 2020 and, and it's been a tough old year with coronavirus and everything. And what I've seen is a lot of people going to lockdown who've used to commute to that shiny office every single day and everything. And they're starting to reflect about what is going to be my legacy? What is that positive impact I'm having? And they're starting to change kind of careers or thinking about changing careers. And so I think now is a great time to be talking about purposeful hustle because I, I've never seen the number of people who are just leaving a paid job. If you think about, we're, we're kind of aiming towards recessions and things like that, and actually starting out on their own with all the risk there because they just want to have a purpose. Yes. Um, I think once you know, you know, what your purpose is and you're really committed to it, it's hard to walk away. It becomes harder and harder uh, to walk away from it because you feel like you're uncentered. And so it, the, the risk becomes, oh, you know, you say like, oh, walking away from this job or walking away from this title or, or walking into a, a higher position or a different, you know, department in my current, it's not all about leaving, right? It's also about staying, um, but staying and doing something different or bringing, you know, forth something that was a passion of mine and trying to combine it to my, my work, where the risk of not doing that actually becomes higher because it's connected to who you are as, as a person, right? And I think that's the shift that we're seeing is that people are realizing, you know what? Not every, not tomorrow is, pro is not promised to anybody. And if I only have a, a certain amount of days, you know, here on this earth, and I have to decide the way that I'm, I'm going to use them, I'd much rather use them in a way that's gonna have an impact uh, than using them, you know, just kind of following a path that maybe somebody else wrote for me. That's great. That's great. So the book, um, and I owned up that I'm only halfway through the book to you before we started this podcast, but, but the book is split into two main areas, isn't it? It's, it's split into purpose and it's split into hustle. So could we just like have a little delve into each of those two areas for our listeners kind of thing? So, so what are the elements around purpose? If you had to break it down a little bit, what, what are those elements? So in the purpose section, what we do is we talk about why it's important to have a purpose, but then we also break down like, how can you get to it? Because, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, I, I don't, I don't know what my purpose is, Deanna. I, I'm not even sure how to do that. And so in that section of the book, we ask, you know, there's questions throughout the whole thing that really allow for people to reflect, but there what we really focus on is what are the things that are your skill sets? So what's, you know, part of your history? What is part of your story? What are the things that get you excited? What are the things that you could just talk about all day long and not grow weary, right? Or that keep you up at night. And so we walk through a process in the first one of just trying to uncover what your purpose is. I'll tell you something funny about this too. You know, I have a lot of people who say, oh, I just don't know. I have no, I don't even know where to start. And then they go through a series of four or five questions and they're like, wait, actually, this is what I would, you know, 
it's right there. Almost always it's, it's right there. We just haven't actually articulated it. So in, in that chapter, we also, or in that section of the book, excuse me, we also really focus on the importance of writing it down uh, and the importance of sharing it, right? Creating some accountability, um, the importance of the fact that it's going to change, right? It doesn't have, it's not about getting the wordsmithing just right. It's about practicing it. We, we talk about how you test your purpose. So I think I know what it is. How do I actually go out there and see is this right? So that's what we focus on um, in the in the purpose section. And, and that's great. And I love this like four tests at the end of the way you, you test out your purpose. And I think it's a really good way of, of, of trying it because I've always found with my organization, when you meet a new customer, potential customer, and they say, so what is it your organization does? Trying to nail it down and get it perfect. You're never there and it's always evolving. So the purpose actually is, is, is good enough for that time, isn't it? Good enough that you can articulate it. So that's yeah. great. That's great. So, so let's move, let's hustle on to hustle. And um <laughs> And so what are those positive behaviors that you see behind hustle? Because for me, being someone from the UK, I see hustle as a bit of an Americanism. So, so could you help us by breaking it down to what, how you see hustle? Yes. And actually, my editor gave me a lot of grief about this word hustle because, you know, there's negative connotations to it, too. But I was adamant that we keep the word hustle because for me, it's about how you show up. You know, and I think everybody has a hustle. Uh, it, it's not just about speed. You know, it's not about, it, it's about how you show up. How, what does that, what does that look like? And so in that section, what I really wanted to focus on are the areas where people most often get stuck. So the way that I decided, you know, what we were going to put in that section of the book is I literally sat down and I made a list of all of the challenges that people have when they're trying to achieve their purpose. So, you know, what would happen? I, I'd see somebody at a cocktail party or I would see them, you know, they, we'd have one of those lunches or coffees or they, we'd have one of those, you know, scary conversations in my car. And, and then they tell me something that they wanted to do or that they were aiming for. And I get so excited with them. They'd be so excited. You know, and then a couple of months would pass or a year would pass or a couple of years would pass and I'd see them again. And you know, I'm a very excited person. You can't see me, but you can hear it hopefully in my voice. Like I love seeing people thrive. And so I'd run up to them. Oh my goodness. How are you? How's that thing going? And they'd say, well, you see what happened was, and I made a list of all the things that people would say, right? The things that would come up over and over and over again. And what I realized is that there are four characteristics and those are the ones I focus on in the book. So there are initiative, courage, curiosity, and resiliency. But that if you could really hone in on those four characteristics and really try to sharpen them, that every single one of the excuses and sometimes excuses, sometimes real challenges, right, that would come up in those post conversations could be eliminated, right? So if somebody said a big one. I don't have enough money to live in my purpose right now. I, I got to wait until, you know, I make more money. Well, then it's like, okay, let's talk about initiative. Let's talk about, let, let me challenge you. Let me actually put you on the spot and say, how would you do this for a hundred dollars? And instead of using that as a, con, you know, a constraint, let's think about that as a creative opportunity. And then you see that you see like this paradigm shift happen for them. So again, those are the four characteristics. And really it came from literally a direct response to all of the things that I heard people say uh, when they, when they told me why they weren't living in their purpose. And that's great, isn't it? Because I think if you if you look at leadership and things like that, some of these areas like um, courageousness, curiosity are starting to emerge as kind of almost like 
the future of leadership. And, and I love the fact that from a kind of a, a creating positive impact, purpose-driven, centered world around the individual, you've also come up with those those areas and it's interesting that it's not just a leadership fad word and everything it's, it's really quite cool so have you got an example of, of someone who's who's demonstrated these behaviors or something like that and and the impact that that had was there one that was more important any stories that you might have Oh, there's so many stories. It's what fuels me on a, on a daily basis. So I'll give you one example of somebody that just recently uh, reached out to me. Um, she had come to a speech I did a couple of years ago at her company, and she reached out because she had written a book, which was really exciting. That was like her big dream was to, to write this book. But what's even more exciting is the impact that she's able to have now as a result of writing this book. So what she wrote about was really um, what happens when, particularly in um, communities of color, what happens when there's diagnosis of medical health issues, not medical, mental health issues, excuse me. And just how, you know, that gets characterized, some of the things that people do, how people respond to it, both the person who may have gotten the diagnosis, but then also their surrounding community and what we can do to better equip young people, especially children to handle some of those things. Now, as a result, she wrote the book, which is great. That's a huge accomplishment. But on top of that, she's being asked now to move into different spaces in her own company, outside of her company, to really engage with people in a conversation that for many of these communities were, was taboo. And so to watch her like take her own lived experience Right, Ex express that in a way that will live forever because books live forever. And then be able to then move to the next step of also being able to train other people and engage other people in a conversation they would have otherwise avoided, but because they trust her, because they know her, because she was vulnerable enough to do that. What? That is so powerful. And you think about all of the young people who will benefit and all of the people who are pra practitioners in this space, right? Who are educators, who are, and, and maybe the person who didn't even realize that this was coming down the pike for them, that they were going to have an experience where they needed those skills. That is powerful. So I have, I have many examples like that, but that's a, that's a recent one. I just got the copy of the book. Uh, <laughs> that's a great example. Thanks very much. Which, which makes me uh, think a little bit about actually thinking of our listeners uh some of them might be sitting there going that's great but i don't have a purpose i can't think of my purpose and like where do i start it's great hearing about these people who are changing the world but what about little me kind of thing i mean we're talking about um, courageousness and resilience there obviously a, a, a trace but where would you say someone should start if uh, obviously by the book i mean that's that's a given to begin with isn't it but 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 where would you suggest they start if they wanted to create their own purposeful hustle i think one of the things that we don't do as leaders and it's really unfortunate because i think it's one of the most powerful tools it's cheap it's accessible we literally just have to make the time for it is taking the time for reflection taking the time to just sit for a second and think about some of these questions what is the legacy that I want to leave? What is it that I want to be remembered for? What is it that I'm so passionate about? Where do I think I could make a difference? Because sometimes, you know, it's not these big grandiose things. Those are the ones that we hear about. Those are the ones I share on the podcast, right? <laughs> sometimes it's the small, sometimes it's the the small, it's the small movements. It's the person who writes to me and says, 
Deanna, I've been working in this company for 20 something years. I've always wanted to move up in, into the next role, but I've never put my hat into the ring. But I realize if I move up into the next role, not only can I have an impact there, but I could also mentor other people who are like me. And I did it. And that's my purpose. My purpose is to mentor the 10 other people who are following behind me in this company that I care about. Are you kidding me? That, that is incredibly important for those 10 people, right? But we don't know that. We can't articulate that if we don't sit with it for a second and think about where is it that I can actually make that impact? If you never ask the question, you're not going to have the answer. So I think the first thing is just to set aside that time, get a notebook out, get your favorite beverage, sit for a second. Even if it's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, give yourself that gift. We're at the holiday season. Give yourself that gift of thinking about what it is I could do. And you'll be so surprised at, at what you come up with. And I think that's, and it does show in the book that you've got a great passion about reflection because it, it's spoken about and there's little areas for it and everything. And it's something I totally agree about as well. And I, but I love the, the, the thought of actually almost taking stock of what you've achieved and what your strengths are, but also keeping that diary of actually what are the things that you do that you like doing more than the other mm -hmm. stuff. And actually that can start bubbling up to the surface those areas that you can then say okay I like this kind of stuff so maybe my purpose is somewhere in here yes another tool that I use it might sound a little bit morbid but I'll, I'll share it with you so I, I love excel I love excel documents you put something in a chart and it makes sense in my brain so I like putting things on a chart so what I actually did was I wrote my own eulogy and I put it into categories. This is what I want my family to be able to say about me at the end of my life. This is what I want my community to say. This is what I want, you know, the, the people who are in my sector to say, like just all the things, right, of, of, uh, of importance. And I, and I wrote a eulogy. And then I put that eulogy into an Excel document. I put it into different categories. And then what I did is I thought, okay, well, what is it that I could do, right, that would really exemplify this? Like, how, how do I exemplify? If this is where I want to end, this is my how do I reverse engineer that, right? So how do I, how do I backwards plan that? And then I, I made really tangible things. And for, I'd say like three or four years, I would go to this Excel document every month and I would literally rate myself. So I put myself on this, like, okay, it's a one out of 10. What did I give myself? I gave myself a six and then I wrote some little notes there, right? So it's not this massive journal. It's just an Excel document. And I did that for a couple of years. And, the, and every once in a while, like at least once a year, I'll go back and look at that eulogy. I'll make some corrections, you know, add some things, do, do something. Hopefully I'm making it easy for somebody when it is, it is time for me to, to, to take that step. But I also do it because it's a nice way to say, these are the things I'm going to hold myself accountable to, right? So it was a nice, like, if you're thinking like, oh, I don't really know reflection. That seems like, oh, like too much. I need something tangible that I can, that might be a nice exercise to just think about how do I back into this? And then even if you commit to like three months or you commit to a year, how do I really make that a space where I keep coming back to for some accountability? And it's profound, the, the change it'll make in you. And I love that. And I, I don't think it's that morbid actually writing your own eulogy. It's a bit weird, but not that morbid. Um, but I think it's almost like you're writing an aspiration of, of the impact that you've made, isn't it? Which I suppose is, is the actual centre of all this. But actually then having that aspiration you can then gauge yourself and, and find your gap it's it's almost like it's almost like a coaching technique isn't it, it I'm is. just, just thinking uh, sometimes when I do coaching and they're having an issue with someone else and you just put a chair in front of them and say right that's the other person sit in that chair 
and actually look back at you and imagine what they're thinking. And it's just having that different frame of yeah. reference, isn't it? And yeah. writing your own eulogy. Do you know, I might actually do that this Christmas. I might get morbid and, and write my own <laughs> eulogy. Who yeah. knows? It was actually like, because I'm not that person, right? Like, that's not something that I'd be like, oh, this sounds like a fun afternoon. But I have to tell you, it was really it was really rewarding. And it also offered for some great opportunity to have conversations with other, am I, this, this is where I'm trying to go. What can I do to be better? Right? Like mm. here's, here's where I'm aiming for where, where, how, how am I doing in this, in, in this space? So it, it not only was a great reflection for me, but it was also um, a great way to engage the people that I, that I work with and the people that I love um, to get some feedback from them too. It's like a, my own little 360. Fantastic. And, and, Deanna, we're starting to get towards the end of the podcast. It's amazing how fast these things go by when you're having fun. But I'm sure a number of listeners want to know a little bit more about how they can find out more about you and what you do. So so go on then, have a 30-second plug, and actually uh, where can they find out more about you? So I am easy to find on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram and also on LinkedIn. Uh, the website where you can get information about all the things that we do and the companies that we run is actually deannasing.com. If you want to go directly to Purposeful Hustle, you can also go to purposefulhustle.com. Uh, you know, I run an organization that is a social enterprise and we have four companies that feed into it. So would love to be able to connect with your, with your listeners. If you're out there and you have a question or there's something that we can do to help support you and getting towards your purposeful hustle, reach out. That's what we are here for. That, that is what brings us joy. Fantastic. And the one thing I have to say, Diana, you're so infectious. From the, the times I've spoken to you and we've emailed each other, and I have to say, you, you just bring out a desire to want to do better things just by talking to you. So thank you very much for your time today. I really do appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate you sharing this time with me. That's such a kind thing to say. And I, I hope that this was helpful to, to, to your listeners. And I, um, and I want you to know that if there's everything I can do to support you, because you're also doing just amazing work um, that, that I'm here. Thanks. I might have to go through your diary manager first, though, to see if there's room <laughs> in the next nine months. But, but thanks. And, and thanks, everyone, for listening. And that's it for another Tap Talks HR podcast. Uh, you can always find out more about this and similar topics at tapsolutions.com. But we'll be back soon. For now, goodbye.